You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,158, and it's our interview 1,472. What happens when women engage in unexpected gender roles? Will it change the way we think of of stereotypical aspects? Rebecca Johansson of Women at War is here to share more depth along with details on a new course that she is offering and work that she is doing. Rebecca, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Great. Thank you for having me. Let's get started. Would you share with our audience a little bit about your background, maybe an interesting story from your professional path to where you are today? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, well, my background is actually in theater. I I have a Ph.D. in theater from a joint program at UC Irvine and UC San Diego. And I got down that path uh, because when I was a young child, about seven years old, my, I couldn't stand up in front of a room full of people and say my name without starting to turn bright red and hyperventilating. And so my mother uh, very wisely realized that that was no way for, for me to go through life, and she enrolled me in acting classes. And I like to say that she has no idea what kind of a monster she created from that point on, because I now make a career out of it. I uh, pursued my master's degree and my PhD. But I actually have started to, I have shifted over the last several years for about the last 10 years. I now work with uh, business executives to incorporate techniques that we use in the theater in order to help train them in uh, a number of key soft skills areas, including teaching public speaking and operating as a public speaking coach. Um, But I do a lot of work as well in the area of emotional intelligence, using acting exercises to help reinforce the the theories behind EQ. Uh, And now I'm shifting over into uh, working in an area that was uh, related to my, my PhD work, which was in uh, gender, the history of gender and feminist criticism. Uh, I'm working on helping organizations create environments where um, where people from all kinds of diverse backgrounds, but particularly focusing on on women, creating environments where they feel supported. Okay, so um, you you said a lot there. Let me unpack a little bit about that. How did you get from where you were to where you are, focused in on helping businesses in the areas that you just described? Mm-hmm. Well, I when I was finishing up my PhD, I happened to meet the associate dean at the time of the Rady School of Management at UC San Diego, Clark Jordan, and he was talking to me about his background uh, at Carnegie Mellon University. They had a whole program there for business majors that was called Acting for Business Majors. It was a course that all undergraduate business majors were required to take in order to uh, learn to better understand their voices, to understand their body language, to feel more confident speaking in public, to feel, uh, to gain tools to learn how to think more quickly on their feet. And he was interested in putting together just a half-day executive training course through the um, the Center for uh, Executive Development there at Rady and asked me to to throw something together. Um, That was about 10 years ago. It was a little unformed when it first, when I, the first couple of classes uh, came around, because um, we weren't quite sure what direction people wanted the, the material to go in. We weren't sure what they were necessarily hoping to gain, out, gain from it. 
And out of those first few courses from working with the participants, we learned that their main areas that they were interested in focusing were public speaking and emotional intelligence. So from there, the course is split into those two separate training areas. And um, and since they've been expanding to a number of different areas like uh, teaching collaboration and creativity, um, teaching resilience, using a lot of similar techniques, but um, but applying them to the subject areas that, that our participants are, are saying that they need for their organizations. So we're talking with Rebecca Johansson here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I can see how the... Formal training in theater could really help develop curriculum for business people around public speaking and quote-unquote performance. Tell me how that, that training that you have has helped with emotional intelligence and EQ in working with businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, what I've done is I've created a course in conjunction with an organizational psychologist. And he brings in the theory, and I've developed a number of exercises around those theoretical principles that are grounded in acting, actor training, uh, but that are applied specifically to the lessons that, that we're getting across in emotional intelligence. So it gives participants that we're working with an opportunity to practice uh, before they have to go into the real-world scenario and understand um, how they're coming across, get some feedback from their peers, and really see what it feels like to try on a, a new language that we're teaching them. Uh, because there's, there's a, you can read a lot of theory about emotional intelligence and other um, soft skills areas like that, but until you actually put it into practice, it's really challenging to understand um, how you're coming across and whether or not it's working. It's having the intended impact on your teams. So we cre- I've created a number of exercises that, that walks them through uh, particular areas of the training to sort of hold their hand and, and bring them through and introduce a new piece, one new piece at a time. Is that built on your experience in the theater, That those workshop yeah. trainings? Yeah, absolutely. There's a number of improvisation techniques that we use. Uh, and um, some games to help them uh, help the participants just be aware of things like body language. Uh, is their body language in in harmony with the message that they're trying to get across? Is there, um, you know, about ninety three percent of the message that we communicate to other people is is comes through body language and our vocal tone. So we always want to make sure that those are in alignment with the words that we're using. So we do a number of exercises around that, but also getting them to to participate in team games to learn how to to build uh, positive rapport and build trust on their teams as well. What type of executives enroll in this course? We've got a number of different areas that that come to us. Um, I I usually teach out of the UC San Diego Rady School for Executive Develop- Center for Executive Development. And so people from a wide range of industries come to me, uh, but because of where we're located, there's a, a number of people that come in from um, the biotech industry, from the medical industry, from engineering and technology. So one of my areas of specialty has been in working with people who have gotten into those industries because they're very good at solving a problem. They're very good at at the individual task. And because they've been so good at that, they've now been promoted to manage a team 
And that's not their strength. That's not their skill set. So we work with a lot of people who come from science and technology backgrounds in helping them to develop those people skills that are going to be crucial to them uh, moving forward in their careers. Tell me if this is at all in line with kind of how you've built this. It, It seems to me that an effective actor, actress is able to have you believe in the role that they are performing for you. And part of what leaders of organizations need to realize is how heavily they are sampled, observed by their employees, and how much uh, their actions and tone and tenor affect the culture of the organization. And so this idea that you're sort of always on stage as the leader of an organization lends to then understanding how to be genuine in how you present yourself to your employees at all times. Am I out on a, on a conceptual limb here, or is that at all in line with oh, what no. you've done? Oh, no, absolutely. And there have been a number of studies that have shown that uh, that the leader sets the emotional tone for the entire team. Emotions are contagious. And it's usually the strongest emotional reaction in the room that everyone picks up on. Um, And usually it's the leader that everybody looks to to set the tone for a meeting uh, or to set the tone for the whole organization. So if you're having a bad day (laughs) and you don't take the time uh, to to unpack that and understand it and shift your energy before you walk into your next team meeting, then that negative uh, emotion is going to transfer and and is going to become contagious amongst the entire team. So we offer up a number of strategies strategies for how to take stock of where you are and shift into a different space if that's the space that you need to be in uh, for that particular moment. But yeah, there have been a number of studies that show that uh, that emotions are contagious and that the leader sets the tone for everyone because they are being observed very keenly by the rest of the team. So if we could um, shift the conversation for a few minutes here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, and we're talking with Rebecca Johansson. And at the beginning, I mentioned some work that you've done, uh, Women at War, and I would I wonder if you might help our audience to understand the, the history, the background, and sort of how this developed for you, this project. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Women at War is um, tapping into my, my theater side as a play that I wrote last year, that's based on, it's a documentary developed from interviews that I conducted with women who were in combat in Afghanistan. Um, They were in combat before women were legally able to be in combat because the role that they were performing uh, was more defined as um, information gathering, although they would be sent into some of the most dangerous parts of Afghanistan in order to speak to the women and the children in the villages. And it's, uh, it's, I'm directing a production of it right now at Cal State San Marcos um, that opens November 7th. And um, the way that that, um, the question, central question that that play is asking is, is also something that I've, that I've put together in, in some of the new training work that I've been doing. And that central question is what happens when women engage in conflict? How does it look different than when men engage in conflict? And in the play, we discuss very much this um, this masculine world that the women find themselves in, both in in the military and then in Afghanistan. It's a world that um, has a certain set of rules by which that the women have to follow, and and how they maneuver their way in between those rules. Um, and that led to a conversation that I had with uh, with the people over at Rady 
about um, with the rise of the Me Too movement and increasing conversation around um, gender roles in the workplace, I've put together a new course called Going Beyond Compliance. And it looks at what's the business case for creating an environment that's conducive to women. Because there's a number of organizations, including the military, uh, that are mandating more gender equality, gender representation, uh, equal representation. But what we're finding is that a number of organizations are hiring women, but the women are leaving the organization almost as quickly as they're being hired. And that's due in large part to, to what kind of environment is, are, is that organization creating to make those women feel like their contributions are valued and, um, and that they have opportunities for growth within the organization. So the, the play that I wrote has asked very similar questions about what role did these women play, how did the military create an environment that was or was not supportive of, of their mission, and uh, did they feel like they, that they accomplished their tasks and that their, their accomplishments were valued by the military. Um, so the new course uh, that I'm developing looks into those same issues and how, how they function within organizations. So will you be taking, as, as I believe you've done with the other work that you've done with Rady, are you going to be able to take that course and take it into private enterprise um, as well? Absolutely, yes, yes. I've been uh, starting to do, use some of the material in some keynotes that I've been doing with some women's leadership organizations, but we're really wanting to, to include men in the conversation. Um, it's really an important very foundational question that a lot of organizations are asking right now, and I think it's something that everybody um, needs to be thinking about. Uh, it, it just there have been a number of studies again that show that it just makes better business sense when you embrace diversity and create environments where people from a variety of different backgrounds feel welcomed and feel valued and feel like there's opportunity for growth. So the, the goal of the, the material is absolutely to go into organizations and help them rethink um, how they've created their systems to, to be supportive of differing opinions and different backgrounds. We're talking with Rebecca Johansson, and we were just covering her, her theater work with Women at War, and now we're moving into how that's um, informing the work that she does both at Rady School and also in private enterprise. So um, my latest book is on the unintended consequences of strategic business decisions. And I'm wondering, you brought up the Me Too movement. In your studying and as you're prepping for the coursework and then also your, your consulting work for private enterprise, have you seen unintended consequences coming up from the Me Too movement and similar other movements? seen a number of of interesting results. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would necessarily frame them as unintended consequences because I think uh, the people who are speaking up are very much intending to make a change. Right. Um, but what what that change is, I think, is still um, is still very fluid. I think that there's a lot of people that don't necessarily know uh, how to engage. One of the the frequent uh, conversations that I hear happening around the Me Too movement is that men in the workplace now are afraid to work with and mentor the women within their organization um, because they're worried that something that they might say or do might be taken taken in a way that wasn't intended. Um, and what I'm hearing from the women that I work with, the women executives that I work with, is that that's incredibly frustrating to them because they still, they need those mentorships. They need to have that that time. So they're they're seeing that the one of the consequences that is unintended from this is that um, they're being pushed out 
mm. that they're not being invited to the lunch meeting, that they're not being offered the opportunity to come in and have a one-on-one with, with the CEO or with, with the, the top leadership in the organization. So that's something that I'm really working to try to help reframe and, and understand. The, the course is called Going Beyond Compliance because we were talking, I was talking with a number of, of my female executive clients, and they were, they were sharing these things with me, and we were sharing our stories of, of times that we have experienced uncomfortable moments in the workplace. And we said, you know, oftentimes men uh, take these sexual harassment compliance trainings. Uh, they know the correct answers to the questions that they have, to the, the exams that they have to take at the end, but they don't always know why. They don't always know why is that inappropriate for me to do at work? Why does that make my female colleagues feel uncomfortable? So this course started as a means to engage in that conversation um, to really help frame it so that men can recognize, oh, well, this is why that comment, even though was not taken to be sexually harassing, was making the environment uncomfortable for my female colleagues. So it's meant to be a very um, judgment-free Space for us to have real conversations about how we can create positive working environments for everybody in the organization. Are, are you finding when you have this conversation in private enterprise as sort of an idea that this could benefit them to go beyond compliance, is there any discomfort that you sense in even having this conversation about this subject as it is today in business? Well, one of the things that I think has been really positive about the the me too movement in this uh in this conversation is that i think a number of organizations most organizations recognize that they need to have the conversation whether they're comfortable with it or not that it's a conversation that's not going to go away and that there is a really solid business case for having the conversation and creating an environment that that makes the women in your organization want to contribute and to stay. And one of the other things that I think is also coming out in these conversations is how much it's going to benefit men to have a clearer understanding of what are the, the um, how, how are my actions being perceived. And a lot of it is really around uh, not just uh, gender diversity, but also power relationships. I heard, I had a a colleague of mine shared a story recently that a top-level executive, male executive at an organization she was working with, was loved to hug people um, as a means of greeting. And he shared with her that as a result of the Me Too movement and this increased awareness around consent, that he started um, uh, framing that ahead of time and allowing people the choice by saying, I'm a hugger, do you mind if I come in and hug you? And she said, well, how do you think that conversation is going? And he wasn't really aware of what she was getting at. And she said, because you're in a position of power, if you frame it in that way, it means that um, those who are subservient to you or who perceive you as having power over them are not going to reject the hug because of that relationship. So she asked, she suggested that he reframe it to say, uh, how would you like to be greeted? Do you, do you prefer a handshake or a hug? Mm-hmm. And that way it puts the power in, in the other person's uh, court and it's just little simple conversations around this. There was nothing, nothing uh, that was that was crossing a line in necessarily in terms of him wanting to hug people when he greeted them. Um, but there are some people out there who prefer not to be touched, and just having an awareness around that and how to frame the question so that it feels like the uh, the other person has has some degree of power in that. 
Interesting. that dynamic. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, Rebecca. And I wonder if you would be able to suggest to the audience, if they'd like to follow up, to learn more, or to get in touch, what's the best way for them to find you online, Rebecca? Absolutely. Well, you could go to my website. It's RebeccaJohansson.com, uh, and it's R-E-B-E-C-C-A. J-O-H-A-N-N-S-E-N.com. I do have an open enrollment course uh, at UC San Diego coming up November 14th from 8 a.m. to noon. Uh, It's just a half-day course ongoing beyond compliance. So if they'd like to check out more information on that, they can go find it at my website. Um, And also anybody listening can use the code RJ20 and get 20% off the enrollment. Well, I've enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for sharing your diverse background and your perspectives. I I found it interesting and enlightening. And thanks for being a friend of the critical mass community. And I appreciate your time today. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'd also like to thank our engineer, none other than Paul Roberts, and our producers, without whom we could not do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.